Hello, this is Tim Stein at Willow Tree Counseling, and I'm going to talk to you today about uh, why holding boundaries around fantasy is such an important thing uh, when you're in recovery from sex and love addiction. So the use of fantasy is usually a problematic behavior in sex and love addiction, and unfortunately, it's often overlooked. Uh, fantasy shows up in a variety of ways. Uh, it might be preoccupation with another person, uh, obsession with a possible relationship, might be a preoccupation with a possible relationship, but not being willing to pursue that relationship in reality because it might taint the fantasy. Uh, it might be future tripping, uh, which can be imagining what it might be like to be married to some person or imagining what it might be like to be in a relationship with some person. Uh, it can be some of the more obvious fantasy with sex addiction, which is imagining sexual behaviors with someone, uh, reliving past sexual experiences in your head, uh, or preoccupation with possible sexual encounters with other people. Uh, so fantasy, whether it's sexual or not, for most people is a normal part of life. Non-addicts can enjoy fantasy. They can let it go and then they can reconnect to, fan uh, reconnect to reality when they're done. They don't get hooked. However, for sex and love addicts, it can be a really problematic behavior. Addictive behaviors become compulsive almost automatic, and they take time and energy away from other activities and connections in your life. And for an addict, they often start to create significantly negative consequences. When the relationship in your fantasy is more important than the relationship in real life, or it's in lieu of a relationship in real life, it's problematic. When the fantasy buildup when the buildup of fantasy, romantic, sexual interludes in your head is more enticing, intriguing, or satisfying than the real-life interactions, it's problematic. When the sexual hit you get from others is more connected to your fantasy of who they are than the reality of who they are, it's problematic. Basically, when the situation or the energy is primarily hooked into your fantasy, you're asking for problems. Fantasy is often hooked into sex or love addiction, and as an addict, if you give yourself permission to continue engaging in fantasy, you're in denial about just how cunning and baffling and powerful your addiction is. For many sex and love addicts, fantasy feeds into the addiction system. It fuels it up and it pulls them into addictive sexual or relational behavior that is happening in real life. One reason that this happens is our brain can't tell the difference between what's happening inside the brain and what's happening outside the brain. In one study, they took a group of people, taught them a simple one-handed pattern on a musical keyboard, and measured the size of the area of the brain that was dedicated to the movement of those fingers. They then asked the people to practice that pattern on a keyboard for 15 minutes every day for three weeks. And after the three weeks, they found that the size of the area of the brain responsible for those fingers had grown. The brain had dedicated more of itself to controlling those fingers because they were being used, because the brain was focusing on them. Then the researchers took a different group of people, taught them the same pattern on a musical keyboard, measured the size of the area of the brain responsible for those finger movements, and then asked those people for the next three weeks to not touch a musical keyboard and to sit for 15 minutes, but without moving their fingers, just think about the pattern they had learned. When they brought the people back, they found that the brain 
the part of the brain responsible for the finger movements had grown exactly like it did for the people who actually sat down and played the pattern. Their brains reacted the exact same way to the thoughts as it did to the behavior. Your brain doesn't know the difference between what's happening inside and what's happening outside. Professional athletes have known this for years, and they often use visualization to improve their physical performance. When it comes to sobriety, in recovery from addiction, we're trying to change behaviors, but really, ultimately, sustained, re sustained sobriety requires us to change the patterns in our brain. When we engage in fantasy, our brain can't tell the difference between engaging in the fantasy and engaging in the behavior. Neurologically, our brain reacts the same way. This is the basis of the three-second rule that we find in 12-step programs all over the place. And the 12-step rule can basically be described as, once you recognize you're having addictive thoughts or fantasy, don't beat yourself up for having them, but move your consciousness away from those thoughts. Don't let yourself hang on and let your brain go through the addictive pattern because your brain will react the same way. So if you truly want to hang on to sobriety from sex or love addiction, you need to recognize if fantasy is a part of your addiction, even if it's a small part. And if it is a part of your addiction, you need to learn to contain that fantasy, whether that's reliving past sexual experiences, whether that's fantasizing about future sexual experiences, or whether that fantasy is being obsessed with or fantasizing about a relationship. Use the three-second rule. Use the serenity prayer, whatever tools you can to move your consciousness away from those fantasies. Otherwise, they're going to undermine your recovery and your sobriety. So this is Tim Stein at Willow Tree Counseling saying, don't let yourself go into fantasy. Hold those boundaries in place so that you can be successful in your consistent sobriety from sex and love addiction.